0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward podcast. Jesus 101, we're in John chapter 2, John chapter 2, the gospel of John chapter 2, which is right after chapter 1 and before chapter 3 in all Bibles, right? So this, uh, this gentleman said that he gave his five-year-old some special coffee for the first time today. And then he asked his son, say, how does that special coffee taste, son? And the little kid said, dad, it tastes just like dirt. And the dad said, well, I, I told him it was just ground this morning. <laughs> My wife said the grandkids were coming over for the first time, so I spent five hours child-proofing the house. But they still got in. <laughs> the person said, this is my first time in court, and I heard the judge shouting, Order! So I replied, fried chicken, mac and cheese, and Coca-Cola. And he said, now I'm being escorted out by two officers. I think we're going to a restaurant. But I want to deal with this theme that uh we looked at in this chapter about firsts first john chapter 2 so there are some firsts in there are three of them we'd like to look at in john chapter 2 now first are something firsts are important firsts are memorable and i don't know if you remember the first time that you went skydiving it's like preacher of heaven right because if you did it would be most of us that have it has anyone gone skydiving here It would be your first time. It would be new. So a lot of times when we come to the house of God, maybe God is dealing with you about doing something new. Why did Chewbacca crash the Millennium Falcon the first time that he flew it? It was a Wookiee mistake. First things. So we want to look at first the verses 1 to 11, John chapter 2. The first miracle. So some people think that Jesus like stretched boards when he was working with Joseph or he did other miracles when he was a child and you know what? He didn't because the Bible will show that this is his first miracle and it's interesting. It happened after he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's where we need power. The Bible said we shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon us. So the Bible says John chapter 2 and verse 1 And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Now, you're not supposed to go to a marriage unless you're invited, right? (laughs) You go crash it and get some free food and maybe a gift bag. No, you're invited to a marriage and you get... uh, You get uh, an invitation in the mail or something. Um, But God is someone that we need to invite. The Bible said he went there because what? He was invited. And so too, brethren, we need to invite Jesus into our relationships. My wife and I are very type A personality, okay? Without Jesus, Without Jesus being in our relationship. Let me tell you, we'd have probably one of those uh, uh, viral YouTube hits or something, there TikTok, I mean, it wouldn't be pretty. But we, we invite Jesus into our marriage. And marriage was something that God made. You know, there's a lot of argument about what marriage is and defining marriage and, is, and can you marry this or can you marry that. So, if you go all the way back to Genesis, prior to human government, okay, prior to human government, God invented marriage. We're in John chapter 2, dealing with firsts. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21 And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. So he took a rib out of Adam. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife that's the marriage relationship okay that's that's the that's uh having marriage relations or having sex and they shall be one flesh that's how the bible puts it but so this guy had had surgery and uh, his wife was his ride home right so he woke up and his wife walked in he looked at his wife and said hey beautiful and she goes, oh, hmm. and then she has. I gotta go talk to the doctor, so she went, and came back, and and uh, she came back maybe like thirty minutes later, and he said, hey, you're you're looking you're looking pretty good. And she goes, oh, thank you. And then she, oh, I got the nurses come by, and she goes away, and and comes back. She came back about thirty minutes later, and he said, um, did did you gain a little weight? And she said, what happened to beautiful and you're looking good? He said, I think the anesthesia's wearing off. (laughs) Now, it's interesting. When God caused Adam to fall in a deep sleep, I just had surgery, so this just happened, right? And my wife showed up with Starbucks. Thank you, beautiful. Okay, but... (laughs) But I went to sleep, and I woke up. And I felt no pain. I felt no none of the surgery. And that's what God did. when, And, and this was actually, they didn't used to use anesthesia. This was actually one of the uh, arguments to use anesthesia. They used to bite the bullet or something like that and just deal with it. And they used to cut on people. But God doesn't want us to suffer like that. Thank God for anesthesia. No, that wasn't an actual personal... <laughs> man down in the hospital right man down so jesus quoting from this in matthew 19 the bible says in verse 6 what therefore god hath joined together so marriage is not just some people say well it's just a piece of paper it's not just a piece of paper what God has joined together. Now, we get married. I'm, we're, 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 I think, at the courthouse in Washington State, Tacoma, or somewhere. Kent? Somewhere. Kent, Washington? Tacoma? Somewhere. We're in the records somewhere. And it's, it's a valid marriage in the state of Washington. And we have a record somewhere. But the Bible says a true marriage. The Bible says God joins together a man and a woman. It's a spiritual thing, too. So uh, the Bible said they wanted Jesus to be part of their marriage. And, and you know what? I want Jesus to be part of my marriage. I need God more than I did yesterday. <laughs> and my marriage needs God more than it does yesterday. So uh, we, we prayed today. And so we held hands and I had my daughter pray first. And then she squeezes my wife's hand and then my wife prays. And then she squeezes my hand and I pray. And uh, so we all say our and it's, it's, it's just for fun. And so she prays, and my daughter's like, how come you prayed last? And I'm like, I'm the head of the house? I mean, and I don't know what else she said, but you know what? There's different ways to do it, but I'm trying to get her used to pray. That's the whole key, and to her to be thankful for the different things, thankful to eat food, and thankful for what God has done. It. And she does a good job. So, but we want to be, as a family, united around Jesus, united around Jesus. The Bible says in verse 3, and when they wanted wine, and this is an alcoholic wine, Jesus said, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine. It's simply grape juice, okay? There's a very general term of wine. Yes, there was alcoholic wine as well, and it was just generally termed as, as wine, but this was not alcoholic wine. Jesus and his disciples weren't at a drunken bash you know, like, hey, Jesus, man, look, Jesus is doing the wine bong, you know, or the funnel. No, this is not the type of marriage that it was, okay? But the Bible says when they wanted wine, so they were out of, and he said, well, why did they drink uh, grape juice? They didn't have water filters, okay? A lot of the water that people had, it wasn't sanitary, but you could have, uh, you could preserve for a while this grape juice, and it was cleaner to drink. We have cleaner water now. In America, you just turn your tap on and drink from the wa- from your tap. You can't do that in a lot of countries. When I was in Turkey, you can't drink from the tap. You have to have bottled water. Is it that way in Haiti, brother? Do you have to have bottled water? A lot of countries I lived in, in Russia, in Africa, you'd turn it on, it would be brown. It would start to run brown and leave it, leave it, leave it, and then it would clear up after a while. I think I probably drank from it. Maybe that's why I have Dane Bramage. I mean, but... <laughs> But this wine was something they could drink and they wouldn't get sick and they wouldn't, you know, uh, have to make a run for the border. OK, so the mother of Jesus saith unto them, they have no wine. Now, it's interesting because there's going to be times in our lives and, you know, sometimes it's so exciting. You get you get married, you get all your wedding gifts. Um, maybe someone will even give you a. Uh, what was the George George Foreman grill? He gave me a George Foreman grill for my wedding, so it was a blessing. Man, those were awesome too. We used that. We used a lot, right? Did you ever have a George Foreman grill? All the grease slid off, and you made your burgers. It's awesome. Thank you, brother. You know, but after all your wedding gifts, and after all the the, the gift cards are spent, and you you know you got a dollar and sixty-two left on your you know you know your Bed Bath and Beyond card. There's gonna be a time when supplies run out in our lives, you know, after all the excitement, after the, the big day. And uh, I think my wife and I had our first disagreement. It was like that. It was the night of the honeymoon. Yeah, <laughs> that's when we had our first disagreement. So all of that, ah, and looking at this, like, it was gone. I mean, we already had a, 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 like the battle of the wills. It was on the honeymoon too. Like what in the world? But there's going to be times in our lives that supri- supplies run out. And we have a need in our lives. And that's what happened. It was at the wedding. They didn't even make it through the honeymoon, okay? And Jesus saith unto her, so he's responding unto her, and he said, Woman. Now, he wasn't saying that in a, it's like saying ma'am or madam, okay? Jesus wasn't, it's the same thing he called her from the cross. He called her woman. It wasn't to disparage his mother, okay? But it was a term of respect. What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Evidently, Jesus thought of it another way that he was going to do his first miracle. But the Bible said that his mom intervened and wanted to do something. And he said, now listen, this is the final words of Mary that are recorded in the Bible. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You know that it's interesting. We're shown here that if you come to Jesus, Jesus works miracles. And this was his first miracle. But you know, there's a key. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. It puts you in the right place with God. And that's why I want to just be very sensitive. If God wants me to do something, I want to do it. If God wants me to invite someone to church, I want to do it. If God wants me to apologize to my wife, I'll pray about it. No, I want to do it. (laughs) That's true. I want to do it. I it seems like I apologize a lot. She's so sensitive. No, just kidding. It's me that needs to be more sensitive, right? So I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. And there were set there six water pots of stone. So this is where all the wine was stored, okay? After the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Preacher... What is a firkin? Well, it's mentioned exactly one time in the Bible. Okay? <laughs> right here. This is the only time. So, if you count one, two, three, fur. <laughs> I want to help you remember this because it's an obscure old term. But from the Dutch, that is exactly what it means. Four. But not from the Dutch. It's veer, vier, vier but that's where they got fear. It's a fourth. A firkin is a fourth of a barrel. So if a barrel contained, you know, 31 gallons, you know like all those big old barrels that people go over Niagara Falls in, I guess, you know, but this one is about 8 gallons, but it's a fourth of a barrel. So that's good to know because otherwise you know people just read that and throw it out there because I have no idea what that means I'm going to throw it out there but it means a four one two three four okay but you're exactly right so so we say there's eight gallons in one of these depending on what a full barrel was there's there's British barrels and American barrels and other barrels and they're all different sizes but if you say about eight gallons and there are six of them right and they each hold two to three of these One, two, three, firkin, uh, amounts. So if one is eight gallons, two is 16 gallons, you just say 2.5 instead of three. 20 gallons in each one of these. There are six of them. What is that? 120 gallons. So a bathtub full of water contains, you know, on or about 60 gallons of water. So this was a lot, you know, a bigger bathtub filled up, 60 gallons, so there's two of them. So this is a lot of liquid. It's not like a one gallon of sweet tea, okay? It's a lot of liquid. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, the master of ceremonies. That's why the people like I'm M. C. Hammer. Well, MC means the master of ceremonies. The ceremony. Okay, and that's what this this gentleman was, the governor of the feast. He wasn't rapping with the wine, but he was in charge of making sure that everything went well. That's what the governor is. He was the MC. Okay. And it has nothing to do with rapping, okay? Rappers took that, but this is exactly what they do. They're 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 the caterer, in charge of the catering and different things. And it said, and they bear it, so they bore it to the MC. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, because he didn't order it, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. So he's like, hey, dude, come here. I don't know if you paid for this, but Amazon Prime just dropped off some wine, right? And he said, and saith unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, that doesn't mean that they got drunk. That means that everyone had plenty of beverages, right? Then that which is worse, the less grade of wine, the lower grade, right? But that, you know, it's like you give the real Cokes and then you keep the Czech, C-H-E-K, that's the low, the fago, you know, the, the, you know, just says Cola on it, right? You just, you know, you keep those, right? And, uh, it says, you set those out in case you run out of Cokes, right? You keep the cola, right? But the, uh, the governor said, but thou, and he, he's told this to the bridegroom. He didn't know where it came from. He, he said, but thou has kept the good wine until now. If you ever thought, I've never thought about this. Who got the credit for this? The bridegroom. Jesus got no credit for this, did he? It said the servants knew and the MC he's rapping to the bridegroom, right? He's like, man, you're awesome. Where'd you keep all this stuff? I didn't even know about this stuff. Isn't that the way it is a a lot of times? If someone gets a blessing and someone gets the credit except for Jesus. And notice, Jesus didn't have a problem with that. But brethren, as a Christian, I want to give credit to Jesus. Give credit where credit is due. Him that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So, this is the first, right? It says, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. And you know, I like to share this. It's, it's so true that there's a message in every miracle. What's the message here? If your supplies are low, God can give you a refill. There's, and, it's this, and, and ultimately, it's to make us believe on jesus his disciples believed on him the next thing verses 12 to 17 so we've got first miracles and then verses 12 to 17 first things first first things first after this he went down to capernaum he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples and they continued there not many days and the jews passover was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So Jesus is on the move here. And he f- and found in the temple. So he goes to Capernaum, then he goes to Jerusalem. They're having the Passover. So during the Passover, uh, he goes to the temple and it looks like Walmart, right? And he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting And I don't know if you thought about this. Do you know why all these people were there? They weren't there because it was a Winn-Dixie meat market, okay? They weren't there just to have a shop to set up. If you'll notice, what they were selling, oxen and sheep and doves were used for sacrifices. The Jews, if they sinned, had to offer a certain type of sacrifice. So they had ready-made. Have you ever gone to like, uh, we just went to uh, Ephesus, or just go think of any any place you go. You go to a theme park. They'll have sodas for you, but they won't be twenty five cents, right? they will be like five bucks or something like what? And you'll pay it, right? Because otherwise what do you have to do? Walk three quarters of a mile to your car and drink the soda that's been baking in the sun, you know, whatever. So these people had travelled far and wide to come to the temple. And they were there they they couldn't take a ox with them for you know 50 miles of like well I'll buy it here and then it said and the changers of money sitting they were there if you've ever gone to try to change money before and there's a fee right do you think these oxen and sheep and doves were a good deal yes they were a good deal for the people selling them have you ever gone to a convenience store before it's convenient But the prices are not convenient, right? It's convenient that you can go there. I mean, we bought expired soda at the convenience store. Remember that? It was like, I've never had like expired soda, I don't think, before. We had to take it back, okay? But it wasn't cheap. And Jesus got upset at this because people were being ripped off when they were trying to worship. And it said that people were sitting. They were comfortable They weren't, you know, just trying to, hey, man, you want to buy a watch and open a a big coat like this and then kind of go off in the shadows. But they were established and sitting. And when Jesus came in, he made it. And when he had made a scourge, a whip of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple. He didn't, they had cars back then, but they did because he drove them, right? And the sheep and the oxen, man, it must have been a stampede. All these oxen just, you know, headed out. And uh, a scared oxen probably leaves a trail when it's, when it's going somewhere. And it said, He poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. This is the same meek and lowly Jesus that people talk about. And said to them that told doves, Take these things hence. Make not my father's house and house of merchandise. It says in Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7, For mine house, it's a prophecy, shall be called an house of prayer. Now listen to this, not for the Jews, for all people. There was a prophecy that it was going to be for all people. Why? Because just like Mary told the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's exactly what you come to church for, so that you can ask something of God. And they don't want it to be where people are selling you stuff and say, buy this silver cross or buy this, you know. It's not wrong to, you know, have like a you know, any kind of sales in church, like have a coffee shop or something like that. But it's not there to rip off the brethren, okay? That's what they were doing. They were ripping people off and they were trying to get to God. People were coming to the Passover so that their blood, the blood of that lamb could cover their sins. That is the most important part of church. Is to come to talk to Jesus, and say God, I need you to do a miracle. And I still remember Reverend Patterson saying he knew some folks and they were about to get a divorce. And one of them said, "Let's try God." How do you think they tried God? They didn't go get like a booklet, you know, or like buy a course on family building. They went somewhere and prayed. You know, they went somewhere and talked to Him. They got to Jesus. But you know that there's still today that we, brethren, Jesus can fill up our needs and meet our needs. And that's why we have to keep the church a place where these altars are a place where people can meet with God. God still answers prayers. Amen. Amen. First things first. And his disciples remembered this prophecy from Psalms that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Is going to say, seek ye what? First. First the kingdom of God. I know we say that, but do we do that? Or does everything else get in the way? Hey, we got this going on. Yeah, if I'm not too busy and this ain't going on and the kid's not sick and that... That's not first. First means first. And uh, uh, I, I look to model that in my life, but not just because I do it, but because Jesus said, seek ye first. Why? Because notice there's a blessing and his righteousness and all these things the things that you're going six and seven ways and getting an extra job and going all this seek first the kingdom of god you know it's a blessing reverend patterson was preaching and he's like man uh you know you can just go off a little bit and then you can wind up just just a little one degree off and if you keep driving you'll be far from god and uh he said i think something like this and maybe this was a different message he preached a few times as a real blessing but he said you know when was the last time you prayed when was the last time you read your bible and you know that that's something you can go to where it's been months since i prayed preacher you know what maybe it's a good time to do it today maybe it's a good time when i go home just five minutes five minutes spend some time with god before you're so tired why because god wants to bless you the end of the thing is not that you have to seek it first it's that you'll get what you're looking for God can meet your needs. And that's an absolute promise from the Bible, not from me. It's from the Word of God. But when we put first things first. And uh, the, the first commandment, Jesus said, this is the first and great commandment. It said in Matthew 22 and verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. That's really what you do when you get, when you, when you get saved. You commit to Jesus as your Lord but you know you begin to grow in your relationship. I love my wife more now than I did before because I didn't know her. I know her now. I know what makes her mad now. <laughs> but, uh, but we know each other better. We know how to treat each other better because we know each other. When you know God better, you can love, love God better. So the last thing is the first prophecy of his death and resurrection, verses 18 to 25 the first prophecy of his death and resurrection. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Show us a sign, a miracle. Jesus answered and said unto them, and you know he wasn't going to just be their boy and just do a miracle just because they asked for it. Because they were just religious. They wanted to control him. And he said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now they were in the temple, uh, this huge, beautiful temple in Jerusalem. Then said the Jews forty and six years was this temple in building and wilt thou rear it up in 3 days? It says but he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. And they believed the scripture and the word Which Jesus had said, you know, sometimes God will tell you something and you won't get it. But tuck it away. How many times have I heard things preached and it didn't really seem like, eh, it's not for me now, but just kind of tuck it away in there in my heart. And a year later, six months later, bam! Then it was like, that's what that preacher was talking about. Tuck it away for later. When he rose from the dead, which was the whole purpose that he came, and so said, well, was Jesus married? No, he didn't come to get married. He didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom. He came to die for our sins. The Bible says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man. For he knew what was in man. You know, God knows our hearts, right? The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19: in part, the Lord knoweth them that are his. God's an all-knowing God. When that woman touched him with the issue of blood, he said, Who touched me? For I perceive that power. Not just someone physically touched me, but there was a power that came out of Jesus. That word virtues from dunamis, power, like dynamite. It came out of me. And you think, well, preacher, he really didn't know? I believe he did. I believe he knew. Just like when he said unto Adam, where art thou? Do you really think that he didn't know where Adam was? This all-knowing God? I heard one preacher say it this way. It wasn't because God didn't know where Adam was. It was because Adam needed to realize that he was far from God. It was for Adam's sake. Not... And Adam said, I hid because I was naked. And then the Lord starts asking questions. Who told you you were naked? No kidding. I mean, God knew what's going on. Did your parents ever done this to you? They already know. Did you eat chocolate chip cookies? No. You got like chocolate all right. Really? Really? Who made all those crumbs and the mess? I don't know. And you know the kids are like and like trying to like the, the, they're trying to fool the parents. Parents already know the answer. We've been around the block a few times, right? God's more than a parent. And he said, "Who told you, you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree where have I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat?" I like what the man said. Oh, it was the woman that you gave to me. Ooh, that's pretty rough, man. She gave me of the tree. I can see his finger. That was was a cold night that night. She gave me the of the of the tree and I ate it. But it's only because you gave her to me, and she gave the fruit to me. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent! I don't know where he had gone by then. He beguiled me. It was his fault. What is that? The blame game. Guess what? You know what's still happening? Yes. It's the white people the white racists listen get over it stop blaming everybody there's white people there's black people if there were no black people the world would be a better place it's Asians they're taking all the good jobs it's Mexican people brethren that's the blame game that's a lie that's what Adam did and it's what if you do that it shows you're fallen because that's what man does because when Jesus came the Bible says for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He stopped all the blaming and he took our sins on himself and stopped all the blaming. First things first. You know, lastly, uh, the Bible says, if you want a dangerous prayer, we're out of time. Um, David said, or it's attributed to David, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, do you think that God didn't know the psalmist's heart? Yes, he did. You know what God, what God was doing through that psalmist as he was touching that psalmist's heart with his need for the searchlight of God, so that we would know our need for God. God knows our heart. But when we're open to God and we say, God, search my heart, it's for us to be made known that there's a need in our heart. Because sometimes we can be so blinded and the world moves so fast, but the psalmist prayed that dangerous prayer. And you know what? I believe if we pray that, we'll realize, oh, wait a second, God, you knew all along, but you wanted me to know. And then the Bible says, hereby, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And you know, the Bible also says his commandments, they're not grievous. They're not grievous. When we love him, we can keep them. First things. First miracle. First things first. And the first prophecy. And God will do first in our lives. And you know what? My, my, my challenge to you, try something new. Do something for the first time. Order something different at a restaurant. Because that's the spirit God will do New things in our lives. First things. Try a different response. Learn a new language. Do something. And you know what? Experience the newness of it. You know what? Because Jesus will promote you to do first things. He'll do first things. And he'll start us with a new life. Amen. God bless you as our prayer. Sister Bigelow, would you dismiss? Beautiful, would you dismiss? (laughs) Would you dismiss the Bible study? Thank you, man. thank you. having this subtle in our hearts. God, we ask that you would keep us safe as we all go our separate ways and bring us back together. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.